Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Well, I guess we better get on with it then. So uh, James and I'll hold the uh, hold the legs, and Jason, it's your turn to fuck the goat. Wow, your new friend's not a bad kid. Hey, maybe you guys can help me down. It's fucking three foot drop. My legs aren't what they used to be. Right. All right. Here we go. Okay. Right. One, one, two, three. Ah, oh, yes, teamwork. That's nice to see. Ooh, the grass is soft. Podcast. What's up, Houdet Nation, and thanks for joining us on the Don't Patrol Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and this show, we will kind of give our final thoughts on the game from Sunday. I will say that um, I am a lot more sober now than I was Sunday. Really? Oh, you know you noticed that. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I actually puked while I was editing the show. <laughs> That's when I knew, holy shit, how, like, I don't even know how it happened. Oh, no, you were pretty drunk in the first half of the game. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I kind of, and I was like, what the hell? But I kind of had like a 24-hour period. Like, we got drunk Saturday night, and then I just kept going on Sunday. And, yeah, it was uh, it was rough. I'm sure I've repeated myself a lot. I haven't gone back to listen. I tend not to go back and listen. No, when no, I'm- no. no. Those, those a couple, you got into it. It's not as bad as normal. Okay. Yes, okay. you did a little bit of repeating. And, uh, honestly, I don't know how much you listened to it, but, like, I cut you off in your final thought to move on because i knew you were just about to start right back into it so, same shit and i'll go i just like james do you have a final thought and you're like <laughs> yeah okay you just got like you were like gonna talk you're like yeah i'll let it go well i definitely i because i did go back you know when i edited it i listened to a handful of it but i know like i was more willing to just yeah i'm just gonna shut up because i, I kind of had a feeling i was drunk but i but you know it was yeah, it was. You were, it was you, were yell, you were yelling quite a bit in the first half, like it was, loud. There was a few, a few loud screaming f bombs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you know when you go down twenty-one nothing in the first six minutes. Well, it was great because in our suite, there's only like five people or six people that were actually Saints fans, and then like mm-hmm. eighteen people that are just kind of like, this guy loves this team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's really mad at them. <laughs> 
Yeah. He's a season ticket holder of the day. Of course he loves the team. Exactly. <laughs> You're damn right. You're a damn right. Like, was that the guy throwing out t-shirts earlier? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you even get one of the t-shirts? That's what I was going to ask you. No. You just had to throw. I would have been like, in this tuck <laughs> I've, I've got enough t-shirts. I don't need another t-shirt. I don't even know what it was. On. It was all rolled up. I don't even know what was on the t-shirt, but it was funny. I think I mentioned it. That the, t- the t-shirt cannon on stage didn't, I yeah, think it shot out two shirts. <laughs> so anyway, so we're here. We've got Jason. I mean, we got James. We got Wesley. Jeff. We have Jason. Yes. I'm right here. I think I'm here. <laughs> Jeff is in Phoenix. I think he said. So which, sunshine it, state. Uh, it, it does kind of suck. Cause I do like getting his, reaction since he's not on the ir um but you know this this is what we are we've had a few days to digest and see some videos of things we did wrong and some things we did right so i don't i don't guess anybody's feeling any different i mean i think my big thing is um i you know there's obviously been a lot of stuff about um the fight in this team to them getting credit for making the game competitive again and like, I guess I get that, but I also, I don't, I think that we're losing sight of the fact that this is also the team that put themselves in the 21 to zero hole six minutes into the game. And, and I just kind of thought about like, if, if y'all asked me if I went to Vegas for three days and you're like, Hey, how was your three day trip to Vegas? And I'm like, Oh, pretty cool. On days two and three combined, I won $7,000 and you're like, Oh, cool. Uh, the first day did you gamble? Oh no, the first day I lost ten thousand dollars. Well, so if I'm just gonna, I, I can't just like talk about that I made seven grand on the the second and third day when I I lost money for the trip. Like we lost the game, and there's been like I I I don't know. Like I I realize that we're hearing like a bunch of the Saints media saying like they were typing things up in the first quarter. Like you've got to fire, you've got to fire somebody. Sunday night or Monday. And yes, I can understand that making the game re-competitive again, not losing 53 to zero. Maybe you don't fire somebody right now. Um, I still think they should. But yep. like the the team that gets the credit for quote unquote coming back in the game is the same team and coaching staff that put us in that hole to begin with. And I think that the first quarter yep. of games is way more reflective on the coaching staff than just the players because I mean, that's when you're prepared for. That's when you have your scripted plays on both sides and all. So I don't know. Like, I, I just, it's hard for me to find the sunshine and rainbows of, man, they, they sure did make it competitive. Well, if they didn't completely suck and look like they were lost for the first, you know, quarter of the game, like they would have won. And that's. It wasn't even the first quarter. It was the first six minutes. Yeah. Yeah. After the first six minutes, it was eight and a half minutes. It was eight and a half minutes left in the first quarter, and we're losing twenty-one to zero. Yeah, just, the, the Lions didn't really do anything after that first. Right. I mean, we except gave for, them a touchdown, except for scoring a touchdown on our free fumble, right? Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's it's just and 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 you said it. It's it's how unprepared they looked in the first three drives. They're just there's a complete lack of urgency. Um, Effort probably is not the right word, but it just didn't. I don't know. Look... On defense, they were not attempting to tackle. It looked weird. It was it was the LSU defense, but maybe worse for there for a quarter. Oh, God, yeah. I think I think it's interesting that obviously when we when we recorded post game, we hadn't seen the post game interviews with the players, and a couple of players were asked about the the booing, weren't they? 
and there was some interesting looks on their faces and smiles and laughs when they were asked certain questions about the the, the booing and things like that. I don't know whether you picked up on that or saw any of that, but uh, I just thought it was interesting. Chris Alave gave a very weird smirk when asked the question about booing the team as they came onto the field. And he, said, hmm, he, he did this. He did the smirk after he said, I don't think a home crowd should ever boo the home team. He said that first. And then they kept, and I'll just say like, I know I, I, I talked to you guys about it. I don't like that. Tyron Matthew and Chris Olave were answering questions about being booed because there wasn't a single saints fan. there booing. That was booing either one of those two guys. No. And no. the team was not being booed. Nope. Derek Carr was being booed. And it was in, I thought it was, um, you know, for a, a team that a lot of times has a pretty dumb fan base, the fan base was very smart on when they booed. It was 100% very clear that no, the team was not being booed. The Who was being booed was Derek Carr the, 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 the coming onto the field. And if you want to combine, whoever was sending him onto the field was being booed. <laughs> Um, so uh, you can throw Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael in there, but outside of those three gentlemen, you can't make an excuse that any other saints player or saints personnel was being booed. Like it was very obvious who that was for. Yeah, yeah you're no, right. No. And, and I know I've mentioned in the past, I don't think we have the smartest fans, but we were, we were on point and look, this has been building for the last few weeks. We just haven't had a home game to boo them, but it's, it's been building because everybody is frustrated with Derek Carr, especially after, A.T. Perry was wide open. He misses him, and then, and then he throws the pick that bounces off Juwan. In addition to just the pent-up frustration with Dennis Allen, everybody just understands, yeah, these these guys are terrible, and we paid Derek Carr all this money, and we're stuck with him. I, I just I wish somebody or everybody that said something about the booing would have said, hey, how did you feel about the home crowd booing your quarterback every time he came on the field? Don't say for, for booing or for booing you or for booing the offense or for booing the – Say, how did you feel about them booing the quarterback, yeah. Derek Carr, every time he came on the field? Um, I think you would have gotten different answers. Um, and, and again, I think those players probably would have stuck up for Derek Carr um, in, in whatever way they needed to at that time. Um, but then we would have had like a real, a real question and a real answer um, that was about what was going on there. Uh, so Because I, I don't know, if you, if you weren't in the stadium, you'd probably have a misconception about what actually went on um, not only wrong, like I think that uh, a few of the people did say it was a crazy environment the way the cheering and the booing were going on when it was going back and forth. So I, uh, uh, I, some people wrote it correctly, but then there was still a whole lot of talk about just booing in general. Yeah, I mean, for for me, watching yeah, how was it on, on TV? Yeah, how was it? Yeah, on for, TV so for me, watching on TV, it was clear what the crowd were doing. So, so I knew straight away that it was it was every time they took Taysom out and brought Derek Carr back onto the field. So it wasn't when the team were coming onto the field at first and 10, they just caught a punt. They'd done the first down, they'd got a first down, then Taysom came in, got his eight yards or whatever it is, you know, he gets 7.5 average. And then immediately is Taysom's jogging off the field, high-fiving Derek Carr, and that's when the booing starts. And even the um, the broadcast picked up on it and said that it was uh, it, it was clear that the crowd aren't happy that the quarterbacks coming back in yeah and and I'll just like it was it was a weird thing because you'd sit there and you'd say like if you're in a home crowd especially a, a loyal crowd like 
the New Orleans Saints have in the Superdome and booing the team, you'd think that it was a, I don't know, like a, a negative, bad environment. But I'll seriously say, like, it was almost like a fun kind of game, weird cheering thing that, um, and I know you're familiar with it in, in Europe and in England, like, there's crazy, like, weird chants and fun, loud things that the crowds are doing a lot more often or you'd see in, uh, especially in college games. Yeah. But, it like, everybody was laughing while booing because knowing that here in a couple of plays, like, they're going to put Taysom and we're going to get the cheer again. And so, like, you, it was clear everybody was making a point um, of of what it was. But what was great is that the Saints played into it because they kept switching them out. And I just, in my head, was like, they're going to stop putting Taysom in in a second because, like, they just don't want to keep letting this environment build. But I think like Taysom had as many snaps in the first half as he, I mean, has in, in a while, it seemed like. It just... He got in a lot, and every time he start running, I'm like, they're, and when I see Carl leaving, I'm like, they're letting us do it again. Like, I, I just figured at some point they're like, okay, we're not doing this bullshit anymore. Derek, stay in there. But <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was the first, it. yeah, it's, I think it's the first game this season where they've done that. Oh, as often for sure. As 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 often. Um, I mean, I think I mean, we're gonna t- see. It, I think we might see one... it a lot more this weekend. But you know, yeah. yeah. Taysom seemed um, to be getting like one play every four to six plays. Like it was, it was often he was getting there for a couple, couple of minutes. And I, again, I just, I really thought I was like, okay, at some point they're just going to stop subbing Taysom in. Cause they're like, yeah. okay, we can't let the crowd get crazy with this, but they, they just they kept doing it. And so it was, and it got louder and louder each time. Like it was actually a fun dome crowd, but for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah. They, um, the lions actually, stopped it quite well for a period um you know the 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 qb power there was about three or four so, runs in a row where they bottled yeah, him up but but, but listen, then he he got loose again after that and and that could be i'm pretty sure this year the times that it's been stopped is when we're trying to run to the edge and we do not have tight ends who can block no. we do not have wide receivers that can block and we don't have athletic offensive linemen that can get out in front of that so it may but so Alvin Kamara has done terrible at that um, running to the, like which is at speed to the edge. We're not faster than any team. And we don't no. have, uh, you know, Lynn Bowden's a really hard worker, but he's a tiny guy. Like he's just not going to, you know, block a safety or, or an inside an outside linebacker or something like that. It's just not going to happen. Um, so it's just weird to me. Cause I, I feel like we've had no success running to the edge um, hardly at all. Um, but, so, yes, I agree with you. There was times it wasn't working, but it's not because we weren't doing – I think the, the quarterback power up the middle mostly oh, worked. Yeah. Um, I mean, he still averaged, what, 4.9 yards or something like that. Yeah, the the, the play works best for him when he goes between uh, McCoy and Pete. It, that's that's when it – I mean, Andres Pete had a really – had two really good blocks in this game on Taysom Hill runs. I mean, there was one where he absolutely cleared one of the, uh, one of the linebackers out, but um, – but yeah, no. Going back to your question, it was clear from the television what was what was going on, and yeah. uh, and it was, and and was, it was definitely was four four and a half yards of carry. Yeah, which again is pretty awesome considering he's not there. a running back. <laughs> and and you pretty much know what he's doing when he's in there, and it's just yes. so hard to stop. Yes, see the QB power or an underthrown deep ball. <laughs> well, it, it it does look like this week. I can't imagine Carr's going to play with a second 
concussion and you just it's you just i mean i don't care how tough he is i mean i do care how tough he is that's 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 awesome that he wants to tough it out but there's you just can't do that and plus you're playing the panthers so you 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 think you should chalk it up as a victory no matter who the quarterback is that yeah let's 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 Jameis and Taysom the hell out of them on uh, on Sunday I would love to see like one one almost one third Taysom Hill yeah and then let's get let's get the old Tamus going we haven't done Tamus in a a couple of years like it'd be it'd be great what's going to be interesting because you're not going to hear the booze that you heard this past week I don't think I I think the fans are going to be I mean look it does help that it's the Panthers I mean, let, let's hope that we don't get off to a shitty start again and fall behind early against the Panthers. Then then the Bulls will be directed at Dennis Allen, for sure. But without having Carr in there, it's going to be... I mean, I don't know. Maybe, okay. maybe fans are just going to be like, eh, whatever. It's the Panthers. The next, but... the next two games are home games. Now, here's what I'll say. I think no matter what Jameis does, if he just plays the most perfect football game I've ever seen, Carr is starting against the Giants. I don't, I don't. I don't think he's lost it. But what if what if Jameis just has one of those superb games and puts what if he has preseason Jameis games with preseason Marquez Callaway? <laughs> and, and you're talking like, four hundred and fifty and five touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. And sits there. And then, can you imagine the crowd when Derek Carr is announced as a starter against the Giants and coming on the field? Like they will, and it. It won't matter what he does. It's no, and and that's the problem. Like that's definitely going to happen. The second car is ready, Allen's going to start it. A hundred percent. Like yeah, no, no, absolutely. He's got no fear of losing his starting job. I mean, now, and I'll just be honest. I don't think Jameis is coming out and throwing for four hundred yards and five touchdowns. <laughs> I, I, I think Jameis is what he is. I think Jameis is going to throw interceptions. He's going to have problems. He's going to throw weird, crazy things. But I also think that he's going to put the ball in play more. He's He's going to do the bad things that Carr does, but he's going to do some fun things too. He's, he's, he's going to connect on, on at open. least he's, a 55, and, 55, 60 yard pass. <laughs> he's going to. He just might not go to a saint. <laughs> well, and we get Shahid back. I don't. I don't know how bad the hamstring injury was, or the quad injury, whatever it was that he was dealing with. He was trying to come back from. I mean, he tried to play through it in the game. To me, I'm thinking if he tried to play through it in the game, that doesn't sound like one of those four to six week. Yeah. You know, quad injuries or leg injuries, but you just never know with that stuff. It's it's so crazy that they still had a chance to win that game in the end, and they they did. They were four and four four in the red zone. It's crazy. And in, 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 now again, we're just going to be honest with you. The Detroit Lions are the third worst team in the league in the red zone. Um, but to tell you what, we were worst versus worst, and we won. Yeah. So, <laughs> So, I mean, so to be to be fair, like we we, it's good that there's not that not every team in the league can stop us in the red zone. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think that we committed to continuing the run when we were down there, and also like my lord, we threw the ball to Jimmy Cram, who's you know, I don't know, a red zone target his entire life. Two catches, two touchdowns. I mean, more touchdowns than Kyle Pitts this year. <laughs> It's every single year there's a Saints player that will do that. Every single year. Well, and even apparently never never is one of those Saints tight ends actually good like we thought Jawan Johnson was right. going to be. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's a – Graham probably won't even dress out this week. We'll, we'll, of course we'll not. Get healthy, healthy and active. Like, <laughs> he'd, he'd better play. He really had. He's got a good record against Carolina as well from his, from his past history with the Saints. So, um, so I did have to take – 
Winston out. Did you guys mention Zach Bond? We haven't yet. No. I mean, pretty. They pretty actually crazy. played him at, at the position that. Again, it's crazy that we drafted him, and he was a edge rusher. And like, yeah, why don't you just go play linebacker? I mean, <laughs> it never made sense at the time, and we kind of need him now with with with, well, the, with Cam only having. The, the guy that was trying to block him there is the number three, by PFF rating, the number three right tackle in all of football. Panay Sewell has been a monster yep. um, for a while now, but this season's been incredible. And Zach Bond, listen, for all the things that Zach Bond can't do and has struggled to do, um, you know, we watched the Cowboys have a player, Micah Parsons, who is an incredible linebacker. Yep. But when they figured out that if you put kind of undersized Micah Parsons on the line against the right tackle. No right tackle in the league can get off of a block fast enough or get off of the the the, the line fast enough to block him. Like, this is a place using. And I'm not trying to say Zach Bond is Micah Parsons and all, but it's like, it's what his strength is. And to me, if he's got a place in the league, I think we've proven that it's not as an outside linebacker. Oh, I think so, too. I, I mean, I just, I just, and that's nothing against him. He wasn't an outside linebacker. We tried that. Why not at least find out if he can rush the passer like he did in college? And it's not like he was doing it at a small school. He was at a big school playing against other people who were going to be in the NFL. There was multiple right tackles in the Big Ten that are were going to be in the right and left tackles that he was going against that have made it to the NFL. So – I, I guess, I mean, again, we don't know. We're not in practice. Maybe in practice they've tried it and just everybody just blocks the shit out of him and he's useless. But that'd be weird because we've seen him do it once and he went against one of the best in football and got a, a crazy sack. It was a really good move. Bend, dip, speed around the edge. And I think Jared Goff was hit less than two and a half seconds after receiving the oh, ball yeah. from the snap. It, it, it didn't look like one of those. It, it looked like something that you'd been working on. It didn't look like something. Oh, he hasn't done this in four years. Like muscle memory. Yeah. Like he, it looked like he's meant to do that. It, yeah. 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 I yeah. Which apart from Carl Granderson this year, we haven't had any defensive lineman who looks like they know what they're doing. <laughs> Nothing. And, and Cam, Cam had the least amount of snaps he's had since 16, 16 snaps, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily we get the Panthers coming in. So, fingers crossed. Don't let I mean, were there any this. other? Were there any other injuries that happened? I'm I'm just trying to think. Obviously, I was in a. I mean, there was some little tweaks. I don't think like Pete went out for a minute. I think. Oh wait, uh, there was. Uh, wasn't there one? Um, uh, Malcolm Roach got hurt. Yeah, Malcolm Roach got hurt, didn't um, he? And apparently got got hurt, uh, take taken off, and was having having trouble. Um. Oh, yeah, uh, I think I saw he he looked upset in his post game interview too. But besides that, I think we made it up kind of unscathed. Um, yeah, I can't think I can't think of any others. I mean, there was the possibility. It looked like a couple of times that Alante Taylor had both of his ankles broken, but that was just because he can't <laughs> uh, um, pursue a runner and tackle um, properly. So purely just a just a coincidence. His his ankles are fine, from what we understand. Yeah, the the commentary the the commentators picked up on it a couple of times when he was trying to make a tackle by saying that make the tackle first, then the second guy that comes into the tackle tries to strip the ball. If you're the first person in, 
don't be the one that tries to be the hero. Because there was a couple of times where he tried that and the guy got away from him. He could maybe just start with touching the person that has the ball, too. (laughs) I mean, there was times where... um, Yeah, Jason, I was just saying, I think we reported that it looked like Elante Taylor had both of his ankles broken multiple times, but um, he's, he's apparently okay. 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 <laughs> it's, it's been a little bit of a rough stretch for him the last few weeks. I so. do you think I think the Saints went into this game um because they started off in the first I think they went into this game somebody hyped Jamal Williams up about your former team and the way they disrespected you and this is when you like you know really announce your presence, you know, here in New Orleans and he had five rushes for 10 yards. Um, I mean, he did have one catch for six. So, has he but, broken um, three hundred yards yet this season? He was. Uh, you mean all-purpose yards? All-purpose yards. Just, 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 just any. Has he got three hundred? I can't imagine. I don't even know no. that he's got two hundred. He's he has one hundred and forty-seven yards rushing, um, so so far. Um, receiving, he's uh, got thirty-four. So no, he I does mean, not have two hundred. Let's let's not forget that. Tony Jones Jr. has two touchdowns for the Saints this year. Ugh, Tony wow. Jones Jr. has looked good in the games I've seen him in Denver. Or is that where he's playing? Is he in Denver too? No, I mean, he Arizona. When, when in doubt, <laughs> odds are he's the next Saints probably in yeah. Denver. Because it was it was the Panthers game where he got the two touchdowns, wasn't it? He scored our two touchdowns in yeah, that game. Yeah, that's right. He did. He did. That seems like a long time ago. The days of two and oh, eh? Mm. Wow. Yikes. Um, well, any anything else that kind of sticks out? I know we'll have our um, we'll have our Panthers preview later in the week where we can really dive into the Panthers game. But I'm trying to think. I mean, well, I, I mean, know. so there's there's like a case to be made that like if you, if you wanted to just be a terrible fan of like wondering if someone in the decision making process with the Saints is purposely sabotaging the team's ability to win because again you like again the Zach Mon thing making him play out of position for years um you've got you know jimmy inactive for two months when we're in the red zone um you know we i've talked about for weeks that and we still did it this week um where Taysom hill runs for eight or nine yards on first down and then gets taken out of the game for and then we're we're punting or kicking a field goal or going for it on fourth um we get we get told how we're so far down in the league as far as play action and motion and they change it for like a game against Houston and then I, I don't know it's like we find things that we have success with and then we don't stick with them and I just I always wonder like I understood when Sean was here that Sean was obsessed with seeming like the smartest person in the room and going, you know what? Nobody's going to expect right here. Hey, and it made ambush work because nobody's dumb enough to, you know, onside kick the opening, you know, kickoff of the, of the second half of the Super Bowl. Um, and there's other things that work like the, the, the touchdown of Kamara against the Eagles with um, uh, Jenkins on him that just pissed oh, yeah. off Malcolm Jenkins so much. I mean, there's things like that. There's a couple times that it worked. There's a whole lot of times, whether it was drafts or play calls, that it didn't work, and we look like morons by trying to be the smartest person in the room. I mean, and even, to be fair, Taysom Hill as Steve Young. Taysom Hill is Taysom Hill. He does his own thing. He was never Steve Young. Um, 
So there's just things like that. And it seems like maybe even though that he's gone, there's still some of that here where it's, oh, you know what? Second one, we could run easily for it. Let's do a double reverse. That's, and, that's like, let's 16 lose six years yards. Of, of Pete with Sean. That, that's yeah, the so, part of Sean so, that rubbed off on him. So, yeah, I'm wondering if that's really the case that we have this thing of doing what they would never expect. And, oh, let's not get Jimmy Graham because we're going to throw it to Foster Moreau, who's the blocking tight end in the, while we're in the red zone. And it, it just it isn't working ever at all. Um, we tried to throw a pass. We, they were they called a route for Colin Saunders this year. And then threw it to somebody else because Colin Saunders was double covered. But I mean, like they, at, they tried it. They still tried it. At least we didn't pull what the Bengals pulled Monday night and had the receiver throw. Not once, but twice. They had the receiver you know throw what, twice. Though? The freaking Bengals have Jake Browning, who went like 15 of 16 to start a football game. He looks a lot better than Derek Carr. And he's he looks a lot better than every quarterback in Saints uniforms this year. Yeah. Um, Oh, I guess there is one more thing, and I guess we probably touched on it on the Instagram, but the whole Michael Thomas situation, and now Dennis Allen's like, yeah, we'll handle it in-house, and you've got uh, Fletcher Mackle calling for us to just cut him. We're not going to do that, but, you know, I, I don't know that – it doesn't seem like Michael Thomas is wants to leave here. I think he's just – he sees the idiots we have in charge. In I think he's just an honest, straightforward person, so he's just – he's saying the things like – I think he probably is sitting there on Twitter and he's watching 35 people say something stupid that guys that have never played football or actually been on a field or been in a huddle. And he's just like, you're wrong. You're wrong. And it came across in real time of going, we all read it as Derek Carr sucks. Derek Carr sucks. And that's because we think Derek Carr sucks, not because he's trying to agree with us. I, I think he's, I, th I think he was calling without, he was calling other people stupid, but we were just, we were all trying to read into it that it's it seems it more fun reading to... something into somebody's tweets that's Imagine never happened that. before has it it is the instant twitter syndrome <laughs> yeah uh, fun times man just you know when you you think you haven't seen everything up oh, we're going to see more things and there's still more to come there is there, there's still yeah. more to come i mean th Was this five still, games left we we haven't hit rock bottom by the way james i just want to tell you that during the first half of the game, Jason said the term rock bottom at least 12 times. <laughs> he said it over and over. Well, we finally hit rock bottom. We've got to hit rock bottom before we can fix it. we got to hit rock bottom before somebody gets fired. He said it over and over again. Hey, I meant what I said. You've said it so much, it's lost all its meaning now, and you don't actually know where rock bottom is or what it is. Uh, right? Well, it was funny because, I mean, with these two winnable games, the Saints could easily get back to 7-7 seven and seven and like, okay, yeah, they – there's hope and there's three games left and you can still get to 10 and seven. So, I mean, you can sit there and convince yourself right now that the only game we're going to use, lose the rest of the way is to the Rams and that the other games are really difficult to lose, but I, I, I'm not trying to do that. And I don't care. No, no <laughs> I mean, James, I wanna... James, James said before we start recording right now, I think we're ninth. Um, we'd be drafting ninth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sounds good. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. I mean, and, if you make the playoffs, you're drafting 18th. Yep. Yeah. And like, two of the other teams, we've already lost to Tampa. We've already lost to Atlanta. So it's not like, I mean, yeah, they're winnable, but those teams already also beat us once. The Ram, I think the Rams are gonna are gonna beat us. And it's out oh, bad. I think they'll. I think they'll beat us bad. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to stay up till uh, five o'clock in the morning to watch that one. Kyron Williams, the way he's running the ball, if he's still healthy, then he's going to 
like take the heart and soul out of our defense. Yep. Well, and it's it's kind of wild with the with with all the quarterback injuries now. I mean, the Rams actually have a healthy Stafford now. There's no reason why they can't just claim one of the last playoff spots. It's all it's all up in the air now. Trevor Lawrence, he's got a high ankle sprain. You know, the, you got all these teams with winning records in both conferences. With the Browns are on their fourth quarterback. It's wild the number of injuries, at, at least at the quarterback position that we've had this year, <sighs> including Derek Carr. Um, so with that, I guess any uh, any final thoughts? You want to talk about the Pelicans, Jason? I would like to. That I didn't stay up for the whole game. I stayed up for the first half. And now um, your mini Pelican plunge. <laughs> we're plunging straight to Vegas, baby. Pelicans went on the road to play a Kings team that they had beat twice here in New Orleans. And one of them was real bad. We beat them by like 30-something points. And, man, the first quarter happens. The Kings make 14 of their first 16 shots. They just shoot out to a 30, you know, like a 15, 16-point lead. And you're like, okay. Just just don't fall on your face on national TV because this was on TNT. It was national. And the, the bench mob coming in, Jose and Najee came in, flipped the game, and then, and then it was just on. And the, the biggest difference is now CJ's back and healthy, but really Trey Murphy. Yep. You know, it was. And Herb. And Herb's, he can't be ignored for all defense anymore, right? He just, he can't because he's at it. I mean, he's, he's shooting the threes incredibly well this year. He's really worked on yeah. it. You can tell the offense is coming around. His defense was, is already there. This this yeah. team is, this team just got so many options and so much depth. And that's their, that's really their their strong point. I mean, Jordan Hawkins didn't even play last night. No, the, the Kings completely sold out to stop Zion scoring and everyone else around him stepped up to the plate. Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, CJ, Jonas, everybody played well. So yeah, Thursday night. Excited. And it's, it's even though it's Vegas, it's eight o'clock our time. So it's not a super late game. So yeah, we're going to get either Lakers. Yes, or Phoenix. That's 2 a.m. That's super late. Well, don't oh, don't get, don't get upset if, if y'all don't win it. Cause it's not like anybody died. <laughs> Man. <laughs> That, that was wild. And I know people are talking about, yeah, tournament doesn't mean anything. But I think for a young team that hasn't done anything, it's it's at least good to put them in pressure situations. I mean, you could tell, especially watching the the first game, the the, the Pacers and the Celtics and, and that home crowd in Indiana. I mean, those players cared. And, and Would the Pelicans like, hang a banner for winning the in-season tournament? I hope so. <laughs> I want them to get rings and everything. Yeah. Why not? Are, are they going to hand out in-season tournament champion T-shirts? No, to we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna have a parade. <laughs> they, the it's players get half of the players get half a million each for winning it, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't matter yeah, for it's... the millionaires, but for a guy like you know, for all the younger guys, oh yeah, that's that means a lot. Yeah. So I, I just I yeah. like it's a learning process so that they get they get to play in games that at least matter, matter somewhat. Yes, yes, at least matter. So yeah. Just uh. Tying in that reminded me of a thing that I'll use as my final thought. Um, the team who wins the World Series, you get um, shares of the profits that were made in every single round of the playoffs, um, and it comes together for a certain amount. And then you can divide it up however you want with how many who gets shares and stuff like that. And the Texas Rangers decided to divide it up, and the way they divided it up is a lot of it went to their it's not really hourly employees, but their regular kind of employees um and which just you know i mean there's a lot of regular people who work for teams that make 
very normal salaries in the forty to eighty thousand dollar range. Um, but the amount that you got for the St. Rangers winning the World Series if you worked for them was just over half a million dollars. Holy shit. And so, I mean, like, life-changing thing that the Rangers decided to do and separate that out to tons of, like, regular people wow. who worked wow. really hard. And wow. so pretty pretty cool uh, uh, that they decided to do that. And, so would uh, players normally get that cash then? The, the players did get, did get cash, and they get their own bonus. This is stuff that the team can distribute how they yeah. want. Oh, fair play. Yeah, so, yeah. No. I mean, I'm sure that the, the players knew about it and were supportive of it, and it's the, yeah, yeah. the way it kind of nice. went about. But it's, um, yeah, pretty pretty cool thing for them. I mean, they, you talk about changing some people's lives. Like, I know yeah. people that have worked oh, for the sure. Rangers for, um, I have two friends that have worked there over 15 years that, I mean, they now are in roles they do okay, but still, that's life changing. Oh, them. yeah. Yeah, that's big time. Yeah, good for yeah, them. Pretty cool. Good for them. Well, all right. Well, that's all the show we have for you this week. We want to thank our loyal listeners for downloading each week and telling your friends about the Dome Patrol Pack podcast. You can hit the auto-download button um, once you subscribe, so you can listen to it anytime, anywhere. Say bye-bye, donkeys. Bye-bye, light-the-beam donkeys. And it will be nice to be alone for a week or two. The Dome Patrol Podcast is the official Saints podcast of the Fans First Sports Network.